many of you know, Israel is celebrating its 70th birthday coming up, just a few months. And uh, CSP has a lot of Israel-themed and related programs. Uh, this is one of them, and we have a special one coming up. I hope that we've achieved, I believe we've achieved that. If you've missed any of our programs, I'll tell you how you can hear some of them. I want to thank Jewish Federation of Family Services for their annual um, impact grant they've given us. We just received notice on Friday that we were granted a three-year grant for each of the next three years. So please join me in thanking Jewish Federation of Family Services. I also want to thank Jewish Community Foundation of Orange County. They've just given us a grant, so we're on a roll. Um, but as you know, as you know if you're a CSP donor, that even though we do, we do receive support from the Federation and the Foundation, most of our money comes from you. So if you haven't had a chance to support us, we will gladly accept your support for this year so we can continue to bring great programs. We're also very happy to be part of the Create a Jewish Legacy program through the Foundation. If you haven't had a chance to join our Legacy group, please consider doing so. We are in competition with Shelley Friedman's group at the Federation. Right now, they're kicking our tuchuses, and we're very embarrassed. So join us. And you can also join other legacy groups, right, Aura? You can join university synagogues, and CSP, and Bayam, and TBT, and Federation. No, not Federation. They have enough. Do not join the Federation. No, you can join the Federation. So um, I'll talk to you more privately about it if you haven't joined us or if you have any questions. Okay. Um, upcoming programs. So I mentioned we're kind of uh, doing an Israel theme this year, Guy. Just... Why not? 70 years is pretty good. Um, so coming up this Friday, we have uh, Gil Chobav. Do you know Gil? They have no idea who it is. It's like an Israeli celebrity, right? Like you, celebrity. Gil Chobav is an Israeli celebrity. He's on television. Um, he, if you know Anthony Bourdain, you heard of Anthony Bourdain? He's Israel's Anthony Bourdain, travels the world, is a culinary expert. Now they sit him around the world just to meet interesting people and do interesting things. He's also the great, great, his, the great grandson of Eliezer Ben Yehuda. So his topic on Friday is um, my great and short great grandfather Eliezer Ben Yehuda and the revival of Hebrew language, which ties into what we're doing today. Those of you who went to Israel with us have had a chance to spend time with Gil, so you can tell the rest of the group why they should come. He is very entertaining. Um, and then, of course, we have our twelfth. Uh, 13th annual uh, family retreat. This year we're doing it uh, right after Thanksgiving. Our theme with Shalom Orzak is Israel at 70 towards a 21st century relationship. I'm not going to bore you with what's coming up in December, but let me tell you, it's going to be busy. Sorry for having so many things in November and December. just worked out that way this year. Um, but we do have another Israel theme program coming up. January, I want to focus on two other programs, then we'll get started. One is January 14th through 15th, our 12th annual CSP adult retreat. This year we'll be back at UCLA, the Luskin Conference Center. Our speaker is Wendy Zerler, and her topic is Movies and Midrash, Film and Jewish Religious Conversation. And if you would like to know more, please see me, but I hope you will join us. It should be an awesome retreat, 24 hours up at UCLA campus. Lonzo Ball, for those of you who know, you know who Lonzo is? Will not be joining us. I don't know. Well, if anybody has a connection to Lonzo Ball, see me. Maybe he'll come by and say hi to the group. You never know. With CSP, it could happen. We do have a connection with Kareem Abdul Jabbar, so maybe we'll get him to come by. And then uh, January 3rd to 28th is our uh, 17th annual One Month Scholar Series. So Mike Rubin is uh, getting a lot of rest, getting ready for 25 programs with Yossi Chayas. His, his overall theme is Secret Histories of Unknown Judaisms. You'll all be getting um, information about it. We are honoring our own Ada 
Kles Gilbert. Ada? Yes, we're honoring you. Okay, turn off your cell phones, or at least put them on to uh, vibrate mode, try not to make a noise. As I mentioned, um, a bunch of us in the room were just in Israel for a 12-day program. We spent one whole morning in the Florentine with Shirel Horowitz looking at some of the incredible art that I hope the TBT students get to see live. When you're here, you're going to see some of it on the screen. Um, our featured speaker is Guy Charette. Guy teaches Hebrew in the streets of Tel Aviv. Following Semitic uh, lingu linguistic studies in Jerusalem, he started teaching Hebrew in the streets during the social justice demonstrations of 2011. He uses textual graffiti, lost pet ads, and texts on manhole covers to teach language and culture. Guy is the host of Streetwise Hebrew Podcast. That's how some of you, raise your hand if you use Zoom. Yeah. So hopefully you will all check out Guy's podcast. He speaks only seven languages. He'll be using all of them today. He hosts a monthly Arabic and Italian, he, he hosts monthly Arabic and Italian salons in Tel Aviv. Please join me in welcoming Guy Sharif to Orange County. By the way, this is Guy's first visit to Southern California for the whole West Coast, right? Yeah. Okay, so we'll try to treat you very nicely. Welcome, Guy. Hi, shalom, everybody. Shalom. Um, I'm gonna. So before I start, um, bon appetit. You are having lunch. That's cool. No problem. Don't don't fear chewing. Um, and another thing, I don't suppose you know anything in Hebrew, okay? So you can breathe and relax. Um, a few years ago, I started meeting Ulpan survivors and Jewish day school refugees and dropouts of Talmud Torahs from Toronto, from Vancouver, from LA and Teaneck and, and London, UK and other places. And I met people who are afraid of Hebrew, um, see it as a Sunday morning punishment, uh, and have a mental block very often uh, with Hebrew because it wasn't fun back in the days. Um, I started doing language rehab, which means taking these people to the street, looking at signs, manhole cover, lost pet ads, anything, taking photos with a smartphone, and start to be happy with Hebrew. Um, I think it's important to remember that language and language learning is a fun experience and I think our grammar teachers uh, in all languages it was problematic, let's put it this way. Um, I'd like to start with this one and I'd like to uh, ask those who maybe are Israeli or speak advanced Hebrew to let the people who learn maybe start. What's written here? There's a sign here that says something. Leapan. No, he said, if you know Hebrew, you shouldn't do it. So this is your band. <laughs> so you grew up in Florentine. We're going to talk to you. I grew up right there. Yeah, we're going to talk to you in a sec. Stand by, please. And you were right. It says Leapan, which means in English what? To Japan. <laughs> so I took this photo near my home in Florentine, South Tel Aviv. What happens? Like you turn left and you get to Yokohama? Like... Some, someone took a black marker and changed one letter. Not a big deal, but what was the original text? Yeah. Yafo. So Yafo is a suburb of Tel Aviv, part of Tel Aviv today. And the last letter, the first letter on the left, I'll show it to you. 
looks like a long nun, a final nun, but it used to be vav. So vav, that's the o sound. You take a few centimeters down and you add a bit of black color and you get to Japan. So this is a mini Hebrew lesson. Who said it's not a Hebrew lesson? You learn Yafo, you learn Japan, Jaffa and Japan. You learn that le, the first letter on the right is two. There it's a preposition. For me it's enough. So I work with people who learn Hebrew, sometimes have to relearn it. I get different cases. Uh, my parents are Israelis, we moved to Tokyo. I learned Japanese, but my Hebrew is weird. I work with all the possible cases. If you think you're a lost, lost, uh, lost case, lost cause, talk to me. And um, at the end, you will see my website. And you can check my podcast. It's on any old podcast app on your smartphone. It's called Streetwise Hebrew. Because uh, I feel that the language of the street, the language we speak in a Sherwood taxi, in a shared taxi in Tel Aviv, um, merits our attention. Okay, so um, how did it start? Uh, in 2011, we had a social justice campaign with lots of demonstrators in Rothschild Street in Tel Aviv. And this is me um, with my whiteboard. And there's a sign there that says, It's a verse from the Torah. And in those days, there is no king in Israel. There is even the Nikud, the dots here that show you the vowels. So no excuse not to read it. Dots, 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 Be Israel. <laughs> and on the right is Miriam, Ola Hadasha, Mishvedia, new immigrant from Sweden. And we were learning in the street. No, we're trying to keep him in the light. That's why I didn't turn it off. So please turn that oh. back on. Thank you. Well, can see as well. Makes the screen. Well, I know, but that we made that decision. We can see it. So, um, what happens to our brain when we learn in the street? Interesting things. First of all, we can use our smartphone if we don't trust our brain. Then we look at the, at the, at the color, at the font, at the dots, at, at the paper. But we also remember the context. And that's the most important thing. I think Gerald wants your attention now. Yeah. Okay. Um, Later on, if we walk five minutes and we see something with melech, which means king, our synopsis are making connections already. So when we walk in the street on my tour, basically there is repetition, there is context, there is color, sight, sound. Uh, so all our senses are working. And that's why I call it celebrating language as opposed to page 59 in a textbook, long list of new words you somehow need to know. And I think my technique can work in Spanish, if you learn Spanish and you are walking in the mission in San Francisco, and it can work anywhere. Yeah. Florentine is your neighborhood. What's your name? David. David. I'm David. Shalom. Shalom. <laughs> the neighborhood started in 1927 with Jewish families from Thessaloniki, Greece. The surname I'd like, I'd like to interview, if you allow me in a sec. The surname Florentine is one of the, the families, the first entrepreneur uh, that started this neighborhood. They are Spanish-Jewish families. They came from Greece because the family moved from Spain um, to Greece, probably had a long layover in Firenze, Italy, and got the name Florentine. Back in the days, you know, layovers were not five hours losing your suitcase. It was like 100 years or something. So they got the name Florentine, Florencia, Firenze, Florence, and then moved to Thessaloniki or Salonika, Greece, which was an amazing Jewish hub. 
The language of our neighborhood was Ladino. Judeo-Espanol, the Yiddish of the Spanish Jews. It sounds like Spanish, but there will be words from Hebrew making their way into the sentences. Today, Ladino is almost a dead language, unfortunately. Children in Israel are not born and start playing organically in Ladino. So we lost this culture. You know, you have the melting pot here. Lots of languages also disappear because the children are like, mom, don't talk to me in front of the other kids in this language. We're supposed to speak English now. Um, and uh, you told me that you were not allowed to learn Yiddish or Polish, right? You were supposed to speak only English. So we have the same thing. Uh, and today, the third generation is revisiting the Yiddish, the Arabic, the Spanish, the Ladino, etc., etc. Uh, could you tell us something about your family, uh, David? And how, how did you make it to, to the uh, neighborhood? My family came from, my family came from, uh, well, originally from, my father is from Galicia, my mother is from Polish, uh, Russia, uh, uh, Russian Poland. I was born in Vienna. Uh, I got to Israel when I was six years old. And we, and Tante Heike was living in this area on Wolfson Street, which is right yeah. above Florentine on the other side of the Chovalea. What year was that? Hmm? What year? 1936. 1936? Thank you, David. 1936, there are British soldiers walking in the streets when, when David is walking there. Right. Um, and um, we, I, I want to continue to make it this a Hebrew lesson, or part of it. And I'd like you to leave this room with a new word or a new letter or something in your pocket. So promise me, uh, we'll try to make it happen. So this is me and, uh, and a group. Um, and we're looking at street art and text in the street. Yeah. Another tour that I give is in the cemetery, the 1905 Trumpeldor Cemetery in Tel Aviv, where we do tombstone Hebrew. <laughs> what is tombstone Hebrew? Looking at what's written on tombstone can give you information about who's buried there, but it could be a Hebrew lesson, a history lesson, and if you are Shirel, who gave you the tour in, in Florentine, who, and who is an artist, you can talk about typography, design, what happened to the Israeli letter setting from 1905 to 2017. So there are immense ways to look at things. Uh, so this is another option. By, by the way, my great uncle is buried in this cemetery, so we pass and say hey. Um, is that the one on Trumpeldor Street? Exactly, yeah. My, my wife's grandfather is buried. Shalom. Um, what languages do you see here? English, Arabic, Hebrew. English, Hebrew, I agree. Arabic, I don't agree. What other languages are written like, like this? Farsi, very good. So Farsi, the language of Iran. In Hebrew, we call it Palsit. In, in English, you can say Farsi or Persian. It's written in what looks to you like Arab, Arabic letters. And here it says that this is coming from Karmansha. It says Karmanshahi. Karmansha is a city in Iran. Why Farsi? So this, I took this in Levinsky Spice Market next to Florentine. And there are many traders from Iran, Jews um, from Iran. Uh, they have family in Tehranjeles. 
and they write in Farsi as well because some of the customers, the old ladies, the old men, I think, uh, that come to do their shopping are like, oh yeah, I want to have one kilo of this one. And then you see USA, and under the USA, what's written? Mazahadash? New. Hadash is new, it's written under the USA. You can see Chet, Dalet, and Shin. Um, now, a moment of grammar, if you allow me. When we see a word like this, Chet, Dalet, and Shin, I'll show it to you here. Chet, Dalet, Shin. When we do the guessing game, if you are not sure of the vowels, what are our options? We don't know the word Hadash. What could it be? So you, some of you say Chodesh. In today's Hebrew, to write Chodesh, which means the month, you'll put a Vav, okay? So basically, if there's no Vav, don't look for trouble. <laughs> don't try O or U, okay? Let's decide that in modern Israeli Hebrew, for O or U, you need a Vav, okay? There are some exceptions, but this is the case. So we got rid of O and U. There are five vowels in Hebrew. A, E, I, O, U. O, U, no. A and E. E, also no, because we don't have a Yud. Okay, so it's not Chidesh or Chidash. Because there's no Yud, don't look for trouble. We are left with A and E. Now play a bit with A and E. A, A, E, E, A, E, E, A. Four. Now you're left with four. Now you're on your own. Okay? But it's important to know when you say, oh, Hebrew is hard, there are no vowels, that you can get rid of some of the vowels, eliminate them, and then you're left with four. And if you say, chadesh, okay, people will smile and will correct you and say, chadash. Okay? Yes, question. Yeah. Oh, if you mean the shva, the uh, uh, that's an, another option. When I teach Hebrew, I start with these four options. The Shva will come later on. Okay? Uh, I allow these shortcuts. Um, another tour that I give is Maritime Hebrew as a, as a homage to my father who was a tugboat skipper in Ashdod Port. We learn how to say bow and stern and, and anchor and other exciting words. And I want to start with this text. I love this text because there is a shva here. We just spoke about shva. Shva is these two dots, ein zwei. And what, what is the shva making to this sentence? Female. How do we pronounce this word at the end? Otach. And who could read for us the whole sentence? Ani ohevet otach. Which means, I love you. Why did you say oh? Sweet. <laughs> but could you elaborate? Um, because the person loves um, multiple people, not just one person. Yeah. Multiple people. Who is the speaker? It's a speaker? It's a woman, and she speaks to a woman. One woman. Okay, so if we didn't have these two dots, I think my Israeli brain would read that Ani oevet otcha. A woman says to a man, I love you. Because we have these two dots, the two dots tell us after the ch, stop. Don't say anything. Ani ohevet otach. Isn't a single female 
Um, this is the direct object, I love you, like I take the apple. Um, if it were plural, it would have been etchem, etchem, yeah. So, אני אוהבת אותך is lesbian love. I'm a woman and I love another woman. It could be a daughter saying to her mother, I don't think it's the case here. Um, and what other languages in the world you have that you add just two dots and it takes it to a totally different realm. It's really interesting. Um, and this shva, these two dots are not random. The person who wrote it wanted to show us. Um, she's a woman, she loves women and it's fine. And she wrote it on a wall in Tel Aviv. Sometimes a second person would come and change something here. And then we can look at the layers. Why did he or she change it, etc., etc. This was uh, during the social justice campaign. This is one of the examples. Tzedek, Tzedek, Tildof. You should you show, see, justice. How do you, I'm not sure of the translation in English. Verses from the Bible are still, or from the Torah, are still alive in our streets. Okay? So this is a good example. Um, we'll continue. Yeah. So above I wrote the original text that was written on this sign. And then if you look below, you can see the some letters are missing. Anyone can? This is an in the interesting bit is here. You might know a song from the Haggadah. Avadim, exactly. What is Avadim? Slaves. But it used to say Ovdim. Ovdim. What's between Ovdim, workers, staff, and Avadim, slaves? So this is, I, I shot this, I took this photo at the entrance, back door of a, of a restaurant. Instead of staff, it says entry to slaves only. Now, uh, the hey here is missing. It should be knisa, like you see above, but it doesn't mean something else. Um, I think in most modern languages, you will see that slavery and work do not sound the same. We don't want them to sound the same. But because Hebrew was dormant and we needed words, we walk her up and we used all the roots that we could find. So work and slavery sound the same. Another great example is kitchen. How do you say kitchen? Beivrit, mitbach, mitbach, kitchen, comes from tevach, which means massacre, because we used to massacre the animals in our kitchen and eat them. Now, if you stop the man on the street or a taxi driver in Tel Aviv, I'm not sure he would think too much of a massacre, but this is how we got the word. So we have these old roots. In most modern uh, organic languages that grew organically, kitchen and massacre will not come from the same semantic field. Who could help us with this? This is interesting. Especially the kids. I know that you guys spent three or four hours a week in Hebrew, so this could be a good, good way for you to learn the language. Uh-huh. Tathil, very good. Lichiot, very good. Kol akavod. So I'll read it so can, everybody can hear. Tse mehatelevizia. Tathil lichiot. Very good. 
Get out of TV, start living. Okay? Now, tse, tse. So the first word is the imperative, get out, tse. The root is yud sadik alef, like yetzia, that you exit, written everywhere in Israel, like I see exit here. But we don't see the yud. Okay? Many words in their imperative form, when you speak to a dog, for example, are shev. Bo, lech, ten, kach, okay? So one syllable. But sometimes we use the future as imperative. For example, tatchil, this word here, is also future. tatchil machar, you will start tomorrow, okay? So sometimes we use the future as imperative. I won't now get high res on that, but I'm giving you kind of a buffet, and you might later on, when you go and go to this restaurant and order a la carte, you will kind of get higher resolution into the imperative. But let's talk about meha televisia. How would you say it in, in English? From the television. Three words in Hebrew one, because we attach everything to one word. So me is from, ha is the, and then the word. Okay? I would write televisia with two vowels. Here, not one, but that's not so important right now. Why not write it with a bet? Uh, that's, another, that's another option, yeah. I took this photo of a street sign and I got 2,000 likes on Facebook after one hour. <laughs> and after three hours, I got a phone call from the city hall demanding to know where I took this photo because they want to take it off. Why? What happened here? Why were they ashamed that this thing existed? So what is Safa and Sapa? Safa is a language and Sapa is a sofa. Someone wrote here, I don't know if jokingly or not, that Ludwig Zamenhof is the inventor of the Esperanto sofa, <laughs> the, in, the first international sofa in the world. Now, we are not in Ikea. <laughs> they meant to say language and write it with a scene. As you see above, I wrote, Safa is a language. He invented Esperanto, which was the first international language. It appears here twice which is a bit weird. It appears once here, Zapata Esperanto, and once here. Which is weird, maybe it was a joke of someone before his last day of work, I don't know. <laughs> but the city hall sent someone, this sign was taken off. Fast forward two years, I get a phone call. Are you guys Charette? Yes. We want to buy the rights to use this photo on a cover of a Hebrew book by the Ministry of Education in Israel that want to show that what we teach the kids is fun and important. <laughs> um, so not only you have problems with learning language, also in Israel kids hate grammar. Um, and they wanted to show them that it could be also fun and laugh about these mistakes, etc. Um, yeah, was, uh, I let them use the, the photo and that was it. So, sorry? Oh, I said how much money? How much money? Uh, $200. <laughs>
Yeah. Before tax. <laughs> okay. Now, I told you that I use manhole covers, sewage covers, because I think they tell us amazing layers of the city. For example, here, the year is written Tafresh Sadiqe, 1935. David is minus one year old. This was taken not far from your house, from your aunt's house. And the year was written in Jewish calendar. So every letter has value. You need to know that Taf is 400 and Resh is 200 and Sadiq is 90 and five is Hay. That together it's 695 and you, if you add 1240, you'll get 1935. Believe me, I, I did the math. Now, um, what's written above? It's an ayin in the beginning, not a tzaddik. Today a kid will read this as irit, but back in the day it was iriyat, the city of Tel Aviv. So because we had reform in our writing system, today we write it with two yuds, we will see in a sec. Um, so that's iriyat Tel Aviv, city of Tel Aviv, 1935, and um, the tap is the name of the company which made it. Um, one more, please. This is how it looks like today. And I think the comparison is really interesting. First of all, 2007, written in numbers. No Jewish calendar here. Why today, who uses it? Only religious people. Iriyat Tel Aviv Yafo, the city of Tel Aviv, hyphen Jaffa. Remember Leyapan to Japan, Leyafo? That's part of Tel Aviv because in the four, after the 48 war, it became part of Tel Aviv and it became Tel Aviv Yafo, Tel Aviv Jaffa. Iriyat is written with two yuds. Back in the sign, it was with one. Okay? Iriyat. If we have a yes sound in the middle of a word, we write double yud. I'll say it again. If we have a ye consonant in the middle of a word, we use double yud. So, Leyatzer, to manufacture, with two yuds. If I write one yud, maybe it's Litzer, an Ashkenazi surname. Same goes for Vav. Levater, to give up. V sound, double Vav. One Vav is Martin Luther King. Lamed Vav, Tafresh. Okay? So here we have a consonant. There you can see also the logo of Tel Aviv, which we didn't have in 1935. So lots of details. You can look at the bulky font. I will ask, uh, um, I will ask you to, to go back too to see how it looked like. Yeah, so you can see that today designers die for this vintage font, yeah. right? They will try to, oh wow, that's a cool font. I want to resuscitate it and use it as a vintage retro. If you go back to the new one, you will see how bulky, modern, strong it is. And that's also British mandate rule Israel versus Israel rules Israel. Okay? So we can talk also about politics and other uh, nuances here. These are four letters that for me encapsulate the whole world. What's written here? Ashuv. What is Ashuv? I will return. Very good. I took this photo on a shop. Shop door. I'll be back 2.15, maybe I went for lunch, I don't know. Um, and I love it. Four letters, 
See how conde condensed. What would you write in English? I will be back for. Can you make it shorter? Return back. You can write it, right? Sir? I'll return. Yeah. So Semitic languages, Hebrew, Aramaic, Aramaic, Arabic are very condensed. You can pack a lot of information because of the root system. So shuv, shin vav bet. What is it? Shin vav bet. What does it mean? Shuv. When your teacher tells you again, very good. So shuv means again. La shuv is. Yeshuv is not is not related. It's another root. Yuchin uh, bet is 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 to sit, and yeshuv is dwelling or settlement. Lashuv is to return or to do something again. Okay, when the teacher tells you shuv, it's like to return again, return the uh, to this action. Um, this is today high Hebrew, ashuv. It's fancy. A 25-year-old Israeli will not write ashuv. What would he or she write? Achzor. Okay, lachzor became the ruling word of to return. Okay, so Ashuv shows us also the handwriting. Mm, I think is 60, 70. Okay, so our language is grow is changing, and we can tell if someone is older or younger according to the language. This is a poem by Nitzan Mintz. She writes poetry in the street. She writes on doors, on walls, on anything. And she wrote about her barber and about her hairstylist. Um, where is the word for hairstylist? Anyone can see? Sapal. Good. It's here. Samech Peresh, la sapal sheli, to my hairstylist. Now, if, I'm not, if I don't know the word sapal, what else could it be? Sefer, book. Okay? It could also be le sapel, to tell. But because you have to use the context, you know that it doesn't make sense in the sentence, which we cannot see till the end. But usually, to tell to my barber and to my book, you will know. You will know the context. Okay? So in Hebrew, you'll have to go back to the context and choose. Um, by the way, many times when we listen to the news in Hebrew, on the radio, you will hear that the reader made a small mistake, rewinded, and is correcting himself or herself. For example, they would say, la, le sheli, uh, sorry, la sefer sheli, eh, sorry, la sapar sheli. Why? Because we have to know the context and then we get, oh, I have to go back and, and correct. My brain chose the wrong thing. I think it's really interesting. I think when you read English, you will not make these kinds of mistakes and then go back and say, oh, I meant something else. Okay? So in Hebrew, we have more options. That's true. She said here that when I'm sad, I go to my hairstylist and he cuts my hair and he colors colors of gold so I will, I will be able to bargain in the world. He doesn't speak, nor do I. Musicat 80s mitnagenet. 
80s music is being played, who Yodea et kol hamilim. He knows all the words. Beautiful. A moment in time. Now, what happens to her work? Um, sometimes people go and change words, add words, or they can vandalize it. What I like about her, she goes with her bicycle around. She might go back to revisit, to recurate her art, and we'll fix it. Okay? Or she'll give up. It depends. So if you want to see more, you can just Google Nitsan Mintz, and you will be all right. What's, what's written here? It's interesting. Why is it funny? Because I have it on my car for my daughter who's learning to drive. What is Nahad Khadash? No driver. So I don't think it belongs to a new driver. You're supposed to put it on a car, okay? Not on a bicycle like this. Nahag Chadash. We saw the word Chadash in the Levinsky Spice Market a few moments ago. This is a good time. If you don't know the word new, take a photo or write it down in your mobile phone. Chet Dalet Shin. And Nahag is a driver. And what about this one? This is a bit for advanced. Rechev vehicle. Cherum emergency, emergency vehicle, and then Iriat Ramatgan, the city of Ramatgan, the municipality. We saw this word a moment ago on the sewage cover, remember? Okay, so now you can uh, inhale the new word if you didn't know it. Iriat, city of, municipality of. Ramatgan is a suburb of Tel Aviv. Um, and See this, this is a great mini lesson that doesn't feel like a, like a Sunday morning punishment, I hope. This one here is cool. Um, I spoke about generation. Uh, I went out to run errands. Sidurim are errands. You might know Sidur. You might know Seder or Seder. Order. Sidurim, errands, stuff we need to put in order. What is Yatsati? I went out, we spoke about Tzema, Televizia, Tatchil Lichyot. Chozer, Machar Baboker. We spoke about Ashuv, and I said that today everybody writes Chozer, returning tomorrow morning. Mazeragil. As usual. Ragil is normal, usual. Ragil. Now, how do I know he is 70 or 80, 85? Because of this dot. A younger person will write Boker with a Vav. Okay? My great aunt, who is 95, tells me that I write too many Vavs and Yuds. She will write Sipur, Samech Peresh. She will write Boker without Vav. So that's a generation thing. Okay? But Boker in the morning. Mo Boker Tov, like Boker Tov, Ba Boker in the morning. Who could help us? This is a, a cool uh, sticker I saw in a wedding hall. Especially, yeah, you, you're good. <laughs> What's your name? Uh, ben. Ben. What do, you, what do you understand here? Baboker, very good. You see Baboker, we just spoke about it, and I told you that usually it's with Vav, so here is the, the proof. David, could you help us? Makatufbo. Kamta Baboker. What is Kamta? Kamta. 
you woke up, you got up in the morning, Baruch Hashem, blessed is he. Kol Ashar, bonus. The rest is a bonus. Kind of fun, huh? You woke up in the morning, Tagit Toda, say thank you. Baruch Hashem, the rest is a bonus. So Kol Ashar, you might know Shar from the Haggadah, She'ar Yerakot, yeah, the rest of, Le'ashir is to leave, okay? So this is what I'm doing. We are walking in the street, learning Hebrew and making connections, talking about context, but also about history, anthropology, culture, etc. Um, bonus is the word bonus. And again, we spoke about Vav and O and U. Usually these are the hardest words for my Hebrew students. Okay? Um, foreign words. But you have a, uh, you, why do you have to use bonus? I, I see that with all the texts, a mixture of English and Hebrew. Uh, bonus is hatavot. Right. right. So uh, today we are part of the global village. Whether you want it or not, Israelis use a lot of English, especially in Tel Aviv. As linguists, we have to accept it or fight it, but I am accepting what's happening to language. I know that English is going also through changes, which is good. It's a living uh, creature, and uh, there's nothing we can do about it unless we teach grammar, which is something else. Okay? So, bonus, bet vav nun vav samech. This is a, a restaurant. What do they sell? Falafel. Gabai. Gabai is a surname. Yeah. It's a famous, good falafel uh, in Tel Aviv. Um, how are we doing with the time, Ali? Okay. What's written here? Hayom, good. Hayom is today, very good. It, you don't have to start. You can throw whatever you want, you know. Mazeshachem. Neighbor, Yofi. Your neighbor today. Did you smile? Have you smiled? To already smiled, Kval, to your neighbor today. Now, how would we read it for a woman and how would we read it to a guy? Chiacht to a woman. Chiachta. To a guy. So the text is correct in both ways. I like it that it's unisex. We don't know. We, it's, it's, good, it's good for both genders. And I want to say something about gender based language like Arabic and Hebrew. A few days ago, I got an email from a listener of my podcast, and she said, I'm transgender, I'm learning Hebrew. What do I do? Is there a way to, uh, to talk without using the gender? And I know that in English today, many people talk about they, which means they don't want to be referred to as he or she. They say they went to have lunch. Singular. Okay? Uh, the language is changing. For example, today on Facebook, in Hebrew, you will see a new word that I'm not sure David will approve of. Chaverimot. What is chaverimot? Friends. 
male and, fe fe and female together. So it started with chaverim slash ot. Then the slash became a dot. And then it became one word, chaverimot. It's a bit of Tel Avivi ling lingo. <laughs> Means friends, I don't care from which gender you are. Does anybody know how to blah, 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 chaverimot. And also here, that's neutral. And also on ways, you can choose male or, or female. For example, pne yamina, turn right, masculine. Pne yamina, turn right, feminine. Okay? Uh, but usually the case is that masculine language is the neutral. The default is usually in masculine, but it's, it's changing. So more and more women are talking about these things. What does it say here? Uh, that's Hebrew slang. That's good for you kids, especially when you go to Israel. What's Hayush? Hi in a cutesy lingo. So if you add ush, vavshin, to things, they become cute. For example, you want money, pocket money from your father. Instead of Abba, you call him Abush. How would you call your Ima? Imush. How did my three sisters call me if my name is Guy? Gayush. Um, what else? Uh, bat mitzvush is a cute but word for bat mitzvah, usually said by 12-year-old girls. Okay? So hayush is hi, hey you guys, hayush. And bayush is bye-bye you guys. Okay? Um, when you, I, I walked into a bar the other day, the server told me hayush, which means that I'm still in the age where you can say hayush too. It won't last forever. You had a question? Yeah. Avivush. Avivush. Aviva becomes Avivush. Uh, there are also other uh, suffixes like chik. I can be guy chik. Uh, Arya can be, uh, no, uh, Aryush. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Archik. yeah. What were you, David? I was David. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> By the way, look at the letters. What kind of letters are these? Torah. Torah font. Okay, that's interesting. To write Hayush, 2017 lingo, but to use the Torah style letters. Isn't it interesting? Okay, so Shirel, my friend who took some of you, is really into uh, fonts, typography, etc. And what I like about her is that we can show the same thing and we say totally a whole different narrative. We look at different things and that's, that's, the, fun, that's the fun stuff in it. Uh, if you guys don't want it, there's no need, really. Why are you laughing? What's the, who is this guy? Theodore Herzl. And he said, if you will it, it's not a dream. But today he's saying, but if you don't want it, there's no need, really. Okay? Um, maybe the story of the state of Israel or how some people see it. This is a good way to say... One, if one doesn't want, okay? So the plural, plural present, rotsim, is like se in Spanish, okay? Like on in French, one wants, okay? It's not a specific person. For example, matayochlim, what is matayochlim? When, when, when do we eat, but it's not we. When does, 
when do it's we non-gender partitive exactly yeah another way to say it is lot sarich there is no need we don't talk about specific person yeah ze lo ata zoani it's not you it's me and that's benjamin netanyahu so basically it's over between us the prime minister of israel but it's not you it's me now the speaker is a woman because she wrote zo okay zo is like zot it's the feminine feminine of ze okay ze lo ata zoani we'll do a few more and then i want to open a bit uh, for q and a um let's let's pass this is too too much and also oh gamet zenavo yes kesef meima ze lo busha what is busha shame what is kesef meima money from mom from my mom yeah money from mother is not a shame to take okay so kesef meima why do we sometimes say me and sometimes me What's the rule here? It's a, it's a very easy rule. Yes, when the words start with guttural letters, Aleph, Hei, Chet, Ein, Resh, the from will be Me. So, Me, Arzot, Abrit, Me, Orange County, Me, Haifa, Me, Russia, Me, Hodu. All the rest are Me. Me, Bokaraton. Me, Tinek. Me New York, okay? So you just check the first letter of the word you want to say from to. If it's one of the guttural letters, Aleph, Hei, Chet, Ein, Resh, it becomes Me. It's an easy rule. Take it home, put it in your pocket. It's good, and it's a rule that works. So you want to use it. This is an, an obituary. It's a death notice of a guy called Shaul Sinwani. But I took this photo, and I find it beautiful because of this. What do you make of this? Ha-king. Ha-king. a king Melech. Yeah. So, David, don't be mad that they called him Ha-king and it's in English. Everybody called this guy the king, like the sheriff of the neighborhood. You can see Ha, the king, Kuf Yud Nun Gimel, transliterated. And I kind of like it in its subversive, subversive stuff. Everything here is very formal. The funeral, uh, the deceased, the shiva, the address, the mourning family. But here, we kind of meet the person who he was. Everybody called him the king. And the family decided, let's do it. Let's not just write Shaul Sinwani. I bet some of the sisters and the, the husbands and the brothers were like, no, it's not uh, right. It has to be very comilfo. But they write it. They wrote it. I think it's cool. We'll do one more, and that's, uh, that's good for teenagers. When we swear, we usually curse someone's mom. <laughs> what happened here? How do we say mom? Ima. Ima. Okay, so here we see shin, apostrophe, kaf. We are supposed to say ima shelcha, your mother. But when we curse, we are using, we are in, in our element, in gusto, gusto, so we drop the lamed and we put a small chukchik, apostrophe, and we say, imashcha, your mother. How do we use it? Uh, if you tell me I'm stupid, then I say, imashcha. Okay? 
If you tell me that uh, I suck in something, I say, Ima shcha. Okay, that's usually the way. If you speak to a woman, you say, Ima shlach, instead of Ima shlach. Okay? So, guys, I think it's a lot to take. Thank you for coming today. And um, I salute you guys for your Hebrew. Kol ha-kavod. Ben, kol ha-kavod lecha. And David, I hope that uh, you still like Hebrew and love the language. It's, it's alive. I want to make, however, one comment that has to do with Iriyat and Levater. Grammatically, these are errors because there would be Nekudot. In 1948, we had a lot of immigrants that came in. It was difficult for them to read correctly without Nekudot, without vowels. Avadad al-Hashon declared that it is okay to violate grammatical role, uh, uh, rules so that you can... You're right. I didn't, I didn't get to all the story. You're right. They did change. We had reform in our writing system to so simplify it. But... 60. And that went into, it yeah. just uh, became part of the language because right. the Olim Hadashim were more than the Exactly. So 60 years later, it became correct. So we know that in many languages, the mistakes of today are uh, tomorrow's grammar. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Any questions, any thoughts, any words that you liked today? Can you tell the group who's living in the Florentine these days? So today Florentine is a gentrified area. There are lots of young people there. People who, are come, who come back from backpacking in India and South America love this neighborhood, students. It's an LGBT paradise. You can walk hand in hand with whoever you want to. Um, and Palestinian Israelis, Israeli Arabs also are accepted. So it's very tolerant. Uh, lots of artists. Things are becoming more and more expensive. And you know it from your gentrifying area. I'm sure in LA you have lots of examples of shabby parts of town that became cool and have latte today. So now we have a lot of latte. And uh, old people who grew up in the neighborhood sometimes feel a bit, hey, what's happening to my, to my neighborhood? And it's also sad. We have to, uh, to put it in context. So graffiti is, is a, I will, yeah, okay, so why do they write stuff on the walls? Uh, it's illegal, first of all, uh, but why do they do it? Why did they write your mother? Um, there are many, many options here. People want to ex express themselves. Sometimes it's vandalism, sometimes it's art, it's street art, sometimes it's textual graffiti. I won't get now to all the story of graffiti all over the world, but I'll, I'll just say that Tel Aviv is a very prolific uh, place with lots of text on walls. Sometimes people delete stuff, wipe out stuff and add their, their thing. Uh, it depends. The text is changing. Other than Amer um, Amer American words, are there any other particular languages that are incorporated with frequency into the Israeli language? Like, I don't know, since there are so many Ethiopian immigrants or... So the question is, what other languages are influencing uh, influence Hebrew today? Arabic. We curse in Arabic. There are many words in Arabic, like fadiha, which is a shame, shameful event, uh, like, uh, like hafla, which means a party, many words in Arabic. 
Many words also from Yiddish, like mensch, uh, are used. Do they make it to the wall? Uh, do they make it to the wall? More Arabic, I'd say. Arabic is, we, we dare saying stuff in Arabic, we, which we will not dare saying in, in Hebrew. Another example is that we say sometimes the word sorry. Samech vav resh yud. Sorry. Why? It's much easier to ask forgiveness, to apologize, by not saying slicha and saying sorry. <laughs> and there is also sorush. Sorush. The ush that we talked about. Like hayush and gayush. Sorush is a small, I'm not crawling. Small apology here. Sorush. Yeah, I didn't mean to. More thoughts, more questions. Food, did everybody eat? Yeah. It's a lunch, it's a lunch event. You have to eat. Look at you. Toda, guys, thank you so much. Toda.